Right. Um, hey, uh, a couple of things. One, um, it's, it's so funny to hear in a church service someone say, uh, we'll apply for forgiveness in eight weeks. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a government thing. That's definitely not a theology thing. I am uh, I'm glad we don't have to apply for forgiveness. There was just so, so many things, Kevin, when you said that, that my, my gears started turning in, in healthy ways. Um, now forgiveness is so immediate for us. Um, a lot of work went into the application process for that uh, forgivable loan. And so I want to personally say thank you to Kevin and Doug and, and others, uh, Brian, also Tabor, who just did a lot of work in connecting with the banks and finalizing that and um, how that is freeing us up to to be more generous with all of the, the funds that are coming in um, through you and, and others. So really cool stuff. Um, I wanna, I'm gonna reach back to um, a miracle that happened two weeks ago. I don't know uh, how many of you were aware of this miracle or how many of you have already forgotten about this miracle. I'm talking about uh, May 3rd, it was a Sunday uh, before Mother's Day week last week, Matt, um, on Mother's Day taught us, and that was great. So many of that of his uh, words are still echoing in my thoughts that they did throughout the week. And I'm going to go back even the week before that. There was something miraculous that took place, and I don't, I don't know how to describe it other than on Saturday night, May 2nd, there were about 15 people who went to bed clean-shaven but woke up on Sunday morning with full mustaches. It was, it was incredible. Um, we have, uh, we have Doug Sands. If you're not familiar with who Doug is, he's D Sands on the, uh, yes, he is showing us that, um, what, what his mustache was, was not necessarily, um, a miracle because, uh, it, it took him a few weeks to grow it and shape it. But, but I just want to say kudos to those of you who managed to uh, come up with that mustache overnight. Way to go. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. Um, actually, um, the Miracle Mustache crew, those of you who, um, who basically taped a dark stash to their upper lip, um, I, uh, just want to say that that was, <laughs> that was an awesome use of creativity. Um, and, uh, Doug definitely let his own hair follicles do their thing. Doug kept his razor at bay for a certain amount of time. He grew his mustache. Um, but I say all that to say this, uh, transformation is a familiar word to us. Transformation is a word that we use a lot um, at Bay Marin. But there's other words that we're also really familiar with, if we're honest. And uh, one of those words is impatient. Uh, we're also familiar with phrases like, I want it now, and why wait? As apprentices of Jesus, we engage in a process rather than pinning our hopes on becoming an overnight success story. The work that God does in transforming us begins actually beneath the surface. The character of Christ formed in us and kind of pushes its way out where it appears on, for example, the upper lip of a smile formed in the face of adversity. So this morning, we're going to take a look at the process that leads to a smile of hope. And we're talking a resilient hope during times of exiling in place, during times of despair, during times of big unanswerable questions. 
how to live hope-filled in times of suffering and hardships. I read from 1 Peter uh, at the top of the service, and I'm going to read this verse from Romans 5, beginning in verse 2. Um, there it is for you in the chat feature. If you've got a Bible, I would say pull it out and underline this as we go through it. Or if you're using a Bible app, highlight it. Uh, because this is one that I think you could keep coming back to on a regular basis because we need it. This is just one of those passages of Scripture that just that you could put in neon and have it flashing above you. Romans 5, beginning in verse 2, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Let me say that again. That's not a typo. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces endurance, endurance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Here's, here's my honest confession. I wish hope was like a strip of tape that I could affix to my upper lip, forming a smile regardless of circumstances. That's what I wish hope was. I wish hope was that simple. But what we learn here in Scripture and what so many of you have learned through experience is that there's a process. And I don't like processes. I like instantaneous. But there's a process. And part of that process, in fact, the beginning of that process, is suffering and hardship. If I could, I would hand every one of you a magic razor that cuts off suffering so that we could instead tape on a quick and easy answer of immediate results. And then we'd be left with this fake stash, though. If we just looked for immediate results, we'd be left with not just a fake stash, a fake hope, a false hope. And you don't want false hope taped right under your nose, because false hope is a stench the world can smell a mile away. So Paul, in this passage for us, he outlines a process that begins with suffering. In other words, hope actually begins with something that each of us have on hand, hardship in its various forms, is normal right now. Um, in varying degrees, each of us encounters hardship. Each of us feels the hardship that our friends, our brotherhood around the world is feeling. But what if we saw suffering as, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear out this illustration with the mustache, but what if we saw suffering as stubble, the beginnings of a full stash of hope? And we stepped into the process of being transformed into people of hope. Let's consider the growth from suffering to hope that's outlined here in Romans 5. What begins with suffering and ends in hope, there's a process in between. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Victor Frankl. I've heard his name pronounced Frankl and Frankl, but I'm pretty sure I'm saying Victor correctly. Um, he has, uh, he's known for several quotes, and um, I'm going to post one of them right here um, in the chat, and I'm going to read about it. 
Victor Frankl says, uh, life is made unbearable by circumstances. Life is never made unbearable by circumstances, but by lack of meaning and purpose. Life is never made unbearable by circumstances, but by lack of meaning and purpose. Now, to add weight to this, if you know who he is, this is a man who endured Auschwitz, the Holocaust. Um, he survived those atrocities. And uh, the book, uh, he authored several books, but the one that stood out to me, Man's Search for Meaning, if you have a copy of this, then you'll be familiar with this quote and others. It's a great book to read. Um, but he talks about um, the need that we have to have, to understand our meaning and purpose in life. God has us here for a reason, for a purpose. It's no accident or mere coincidence that we as Bay Marin Church are here at this time in history. You too, as an individual, are not here by accident. The Bible tells us that we may think we choose God, but actually he chooses us to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. We read elsewhere in scripture that he created us for a purpose, for good works. So what is our purpose? Now, I have a great friend, uh, Ben, in St. Louis, who um, in teaching on this passage and, and so much of what he taught me, I'm sharing with you today, um, he, he worded our purpose in life in this way. And I thought this was a, a great way to, to consider it. Our mission in life is to show the world what God is like. Our mission in life or our purpose in life is to show the world what God is like. No one of us, no individual of us could ever begin to show the world all that God is but we each can show the world a new, a beautiful facet of who God is. Now, Jesus came to this earth, and he was able to reveal to the world all that God is. But then we still, our purpose is, in the unique way that he has made us, to reveal to the world a unique facet, something new and beautiful and good and true about who God is. The world, or let's be a little bit more specific, your family, Marin will see who God is through you in a way that is different from the way that maybe I, for instance, would show them what God is like. So we reach back to our passage in Romans 5. The training for our purpose begins with suffering, begins with hardship. And that word suffering in Romans is a word that, uh, that, that Paul uses to describe. Um, it's a, think of it like pressure, being pressed together under this weight of suffering. So we will not be able to show the world what God is like without what comes after the suffering in Romans 5 that he mentions. Suffering leads to endurance. We will not be able to show the world what God is like without endurance. Without endurance and grit, we won't make it. Suffering helps improve our endurance for the times when doubt, insecurity, fear, pain, and hardship hit us. Um, I was talking to a friend from San Jose. Uh, his name is Dan, and he's actually since moved from San Jose to Nashville, 
And uh, he is a guy that I really look up to. He as kind of a mentor and really kind of became a father figure for me uh, when we were in San Jose. And he and his wife, Debbie, have just ministered to uh, Beth and I, our family, in um, huge ways. And as we were talking on the phone earlier this week, Dan and I, um, he was, he, he just kind of mentioned almost rather casually some of the things that he has already lived through. We were talking about the hardships of this world. And he began recounting um, uh, aspects of his story. And I was real familiar with his story. So none of it was new to me. But he was talking about all the other times of suffering, hardship, the pressures of life that he had been through. And the more he shared, the more I recognized how it wasn't suffering that characterized his journey through life, but rather endurance. The times of suffering built up Dan's endurance, and it showed in the way that he's living in the midst of today's challenges. Let me describe it to you this way. If you have ever gone on a run with someone who is like a really good runner, but running is new to you, then you'll be able to relate to this. Have you ever gone running with someone who insists on asking you questions and expecting you to talk while you're running? I hate that. I've learned that if I'm going to go running with someone, I want to be the one asking the questions. Let somebody else try and talk while we're running. Um, or we just agree to silence. Uh, I, I hate it when someone is asking me questions when I'm trying to run because I'm breathing so heavily that a conversation is impossible. But then you have those people, and I'm just going to say you're obnoxious, those people that are in such good shape such phenomenal shape that you're able to run and talk without even sounding winded. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> well, I say that to say my conversation a few days ago with Dan was like running with a guy who is in great shape. He was not winded by the challenges and the hardships of today. Why? Because this is not his first time to lace up his running shoes, so to speak. His life sufferings have produced in him endurance. Because of that endurance, he's able to talk without getting out of breath, without getting anxious about the hardships of today. So let's use the chat feature. Um, in a, uh, I want you, here's the question, uh, and this is going to be a two-parter. I'm going to ask you this part now, and then we'll come back to it later. Uh, name someone you know who has inspired you with his or her endurance. Who is someone that you know, and you could put their name, or maybe it's just a general, uh, my mom or my, my grandfather or whatever. Um, name someone you know who has inspired you with his or her endurance through hardships and through suffering. Someone put uh, Lori, their sister, Adam, their son, Ned Richardson, Robert Dvorak, grandfather, my aunt Pat, my mom, my sister, and my dad, another person saying my mom, Cynthia Clock, Juji's father, my abuelas, Ann and Steve. Debbie Bellingham, Esther and Titus, 
my brother who lost his son, Kevin Carnahan, Mark O, a neighbor, someone else saying my mom, Max, my best friend Stephanie, Jack, my mom, Dominic, and Sam. We know people, and whether you're accessing a chat feature, I know you had somebody come to mind. Um, whether you typed out that person's name, you're reflecting on that person's name, um, I bet you're having an, even a visceral response. It could be that your eyes are starting to water just at the thought, the inspiration of this person's endurance in the midst of hardship. The way that you ran alongside them, but you observed that they could talk without being winded. Let me make an observation about where we live. Uh, Marin County is not getting any younger. Census statistics reveal that. Uh, Bay Marin in particular, another observation. We are not a church that would be considered a young church. And by that, I mean, um, we are not a church that is known for a huge influx of younger people. Uh, some of the churches in the city who are populated primarily by those in their 20s and 30s, those are kind of described as young, hip churches. We are, we have, uh, <laughs> we have hip replacements more than we have hips, <laughs> young hip people. But here's what I love about Bay Marin. Hang with me on this. We are uniquely positioned to model endurance to a younger generation that is headed into a very uncertain future. We have an incredible and invaluable gift to give to future generations. It's the gift of, yes, you will get through this. It's the gift of, yes, we will endure. Some of you who are very gracious in talking about other people that have inspired you, many of you have experienced a lot of life. Many of you are people who have endured. Bay Marin could become a thriving incubator for younger generations of Christians to flourish. You have not only seen very difficult seasons, you have not only endured difficult seasons, you have emerged with what Romans 5 calls character. So this is the next step. Suffering produces endurance, and endurance, character. When we encounter suffering and we go through it, we endure it, good character is what happens. Good character is the result of learning from our suffering. Good character is the result of sticking with it. Good character means you have been tested and you are for real. Character is what proves you can be counted on to be real and consistent. I'm not talking about someone who manages to dig deep and for one time, or maybe two, you do something good. I'm talking about someone who is characterized 
by good. When good characterizes you, that means that you can be counted on to do good. Now, I think it's important to note that both good character as well as bad character can be displays of what is real and consistent about you and about me. If we avoid suffering, I'm just, if I, when I avoid suffering or if I refuse to learn from suffering, if I quit rather than endure, it develops bad character in me. Paul here in this letter to the Romans is describing a positive response to suffering that results in good character. So here's the second half of that chat question. Reflecting on the person that you named who inspires you by their endurance, in a word or a phrase, how would you describe their character? Think of character like a muscle. How would you describe their character? Courageous, um, a person of integrity, compassion, love. What do you have to say about that? Describe their, in char their character. Loving, kind, honorable. Ooh, I love that. Consistent, yeah. Strong character based in Christ. Tough, brave, steadfast, unchanging, admirable, unselfish, patient, compassionate, honest, faithful, persistent, not giving up, patient, always focusing on others' good. Wow. True unflappable, focused, mm. amazingly gracious. Willing to fail. These are beautiful characteristics of courage, character that is good. Selfless is another one that we see here. When we think of someone of good courage, of good character, we think of someone that embodies these things like what you have just mentioned. Courage, integrity, compassion, love, kindness, meekness, patience. And Galatians 5 is the fruit of the Spirit. These are characteristics of a good person. Hardship builds our endurance and leads to sustaining a strength of character. Now, this goes without saying, but I just want to make sure you're tracking with me. You understand character is not built by avoiding hardship in much the same way that muscles cannot be built by avoiding resistance and heavy weights. Um, we played a game of Clue as a family. Uh, we have, uh, one of the things that I've, uh, uh, been blessed by in the shelter in places we've played a few more board games as a family than I'm sure we would have otherwise so the other day we were playing a game of clue you familiar with the game of clue you know what I'm talking about board game one of the weapons that's mentioned at least in one of these newer versions of of uh, clue is a dumbbell and so there's little pieces that represent the characters uh, Miss Scarlet uh, Professor Plum Colonel Mustard um, there's the weapons 
the candlestick, the rope, uh, there's the dumbbell. And so here is the gum, dumbbell game piece. Can you, let me see if you can see it. This is the dumbbell game piece right here. That I've got between my, my thumb and forefinger. And so we're playing the game of Clue. And while we're playing it, I begin to do bicep curls with the dumbbell, with this, with this dumbbell. And my family found it hilarious. Actually, all my family did was, was roll their eyes. But I'm sure deep down, uh, my family thinks I'm really funny all the time when I'm, when I'm trying to crack a joke. Uh, I think I'm funny. Anyway, my point is this. Um, this, this little dumbbell and uh, doing some curls as I did with this dumbbell, um, not going to build strength like a 25 or 45 pound dumbbell would. So my point is pretty obvious here. The weight of suffering paired with endurance builds the muscle of character. The weight of suffering. How heavy is this that our world is going through right now? How heavy is this that you, your family, your loved ones are going through right now? Consider the strength of their character as they endure, as you endure. The weight of suffering paired with endurance builds the good character. Courage, integrity, compassion, honesty, meekness, kindness, love. And it is good character that reveals to the world what God is like. Remember, that's our purpose. To reveal to the world what God is like. As we go through this hardship, as we endure, as our good character is strengthened, we reveal to the world what God is is like. Suffering produces endurance, endurance character, and character hope. Hope. Now this hope is not wishful thinking. This is not a hope meme that someone posted on their social media and that you're going to copy and paste to your followers. This is not merely hope depicted by a pretty picture of a sunrise and a catchy phrase this is not hope that you get by um, just saying positive things and surrounding yourself with precious moments figurines that have these, these trite little sayings on them. This is the hope of godly character. And godly character is this, an active expectation of what is sure a strong confidence of what is sure. I'm going to post that into the chat feature. If I can find, here we go, to everyone. Hope that I'm talking about, and hope can be risky, but we're talking godly character, a hope in God. This is an active expectation of what is sure, a strong confidence of what is sure. This is a gritty hope. This is a hope that grew in you through a process. This is hope that began with the stubble of suffering. 
that began with the five o'clock challenge, shadow challenge in the 11th hour. This hope is an expectation of what you have come to know as a sure thing. It's a hope that is confident that God will show up in difficult times because we have been through hardships before. And in those previous hardships, God shaped strength and character into us. We are hoping on an entirely different level, on, an, on a different quality. This is not just hope that we muster up within ourselves. This is a hope that is nurtured in us because of a process. Now, back to my conversation with Dan, my friend from earlier this week. He blessed me with his stories of God, giving me hope based on how God strengthened him. When I got off the phone with Dan, I had story after story of how he endured because of God strengthening him. I have hope of someday having some of the character, the good character, the strong character that I see modeled in Dan. That's really a reflection of Jesus off of Dan. Hardship gives us the endurance to build the character muscles that now God will use to bring hope to the world, hope that God is real. Maybe the best thing we can communicate as a church, the best way that we can tell Marin that God is real is by living according to the character of God, that God is good and that God can be counted on. We've said before that our mission as a church is to impact the spiritual ecosystem of Marin. What does that look like? Well, in this instance, we do this by walking through hardships, enduring, learning, growing. We do this by people who are known for good character and by giving hope to those around us who are experiencing hardship. And we're going to transition to a song that's titled All My Hope. And the Holmes family is going to lead us through this song, All My Hope. And in this song, it's a song by uh, David Crowder, I think. It mentions challenges and hardships, and it uses some pretty powerful metaphors of things like, you know, I've been imprisoned um, by life's challenges. But it highlights the transformation that came about through those hardships. Was it instantaneous? No, I wish it was. But hope is a result of the sufferings and the hardships and the endurance. And the result is a hope in Jesus to redeem and make new and restore. So would you, with a gritty resolution, enter into this song and sing this, um, agreeing with the, song, the words of this song? 